and welcome to another episode of I Heart Geek. This is our special new uh, interview um, episodes, I guess. And first off, you know Dub, you know Tyler. Yay, hi. Okay, so we're here to talk to one of my favorite new creators, honestly. We have Michael Dolce, who did The Sire, who I've been a fan of for like about 10 years. Um, huge fan. How are you doing, Michael? Mike, I'm, sorry, I'm great. I apologize. No, it's all good. You can call me Michael's fine too. Right? Yeah, we were just saying off camera that uh, there's a Mike Dolce MMA wrestler. Um, I always like going by Mike. I've always gone by Mike. My my original company was Mike Books, right? Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you know, lately the MMA wrestler he's got the Mike Dolce died. He's he's like all everywhere. So, yeah. um, in print, I like just I put my full name just because whatever. But I always it always feels weird when someone calls me Michael. But it's it's all good. I respond to both. So now <laughs> you have like 10 million things going on right now, but yes. I, 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 we're going to get to all that, but I want to start with, you know, my kind of connection with you. And that was sure. the comic book, the sire. Mm -hmm. um, and I got it from um, comiXology. They had a buy, buy like a whole bundle of stuff and, you know, say, hey, see what you like all indie comics. I'm like, cool. And yours was one of the three that I actually ended up buying the rest of the series. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, this character is freaking amazing. Can you tell us about just the creation of the sire? Yeah, no, it's, um, it's actually, I mean, I created him way back in sixth grade. Um, it was known as street fighter back then. And, uh, for obvious reasons, I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for obvious reasons, I couldn't continue with that name. Um, and so, I actually created a um, hundred issues, um, folded paper, eight and a half by fourteen. Um, wow! Through from when I was sixth grade all the way through college, mm -hmm. and so I was building the story. And the first like thirty or forty issues is you know it's your sixth grade brain, it's your junior high brain. It's even like you know, and it was always a reflection of what I was reading at the time too. So like a lot of the artwork, you know, I had my Rob Liefeld phase, I had my oh, McFarland yeah. phase, I had oh, my yeah. like. You know, everyone was gritting teeth and big shoulder pads by like issue issue fifteen. It was pretty no cool. No feet. Yeah. Oh no, I still don't draw feet. I, look, he gets a lot of flack for that, but it, feet are hard, man. Feet are hard. Feet, I know. Feet are hard. Um. So yeah, but then by right around like the end of, you know, like I don't know about junior year high school, like I started to really develop the storytelling and 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 the main crux of the story. And so by the time I I left college, I had this. Uh, run that I was pretty proud of. And I was like, man, I, I got to do this for real. And I got to do this right. And um, the only thing that hung up in my brain, uh, for those who aren't familiar with the character, it's about a superhero forced by his own costume to fight evil, um, was the, the very notion of like, if I had superpowers, would I really go on patrol? Would I really, you know, fight yeah. crime, so to speak? I mean, I'd probably just go on TV and I'd probably just make a lot of money. And um, and so I took that, I took that element away from him, uh, which is the control aspect. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he starts out, you know, obviously not knowing where he is, not knowing what he's doing and he has to kind of piece everything together. But the one constant is the, is the costume keeps kind of pulling him into these fights with other superpowered people that are now just appearing. So it's really world building. It's the creation of a, of a, of a superhero universe. And it answered the question for me, or at least, or at least it got rid of the question of like, why would people actually do all the stuff that you know that that we loved in in 90s comics in 80s mm -hmm. 70s 60s i mean i feel like i feel like when you you know the golden age and the silver age was just such an innocent time and i feel like people really would mm -hmm. dress up and just go mm -hmm. out and like be vigilantes in a good way and like have this, the right thing to do right like i feel like they really yeah. would they'd have this this honor to them yep. and um so when you read superman or you read spider-man or you read any of the comics from like the 30s 40s 50s 60s there's there's an innocence to it and and it and it just it just makes sense it just makes sense yeah um and then you grow up right. reading them and then the more you start thinking about it you know and then you read books like watchmen and you're like wait a minute that's <laughs> know, different man. yeah yeah i mean yeah. you gotta be really you'd have to be crazy like think about it like i i think what was it during one of the it was like either one of the protests or or riots or whatever in Seattle, and and they had an image of Batman, like literally some guy named some guy was dressed up as Batman just walking through, and you're like, man, if this was real, like yeah, Batman would be there, and that would be the the craziest thing on yeah. the planet that there's some guy dressed in a costume, you know, just stopping people from like breaking win windows or something, you know. So it was, I don't know, that's that's where the impetus came from, and um, uh, but ultimately it's my love of '90s 
superhero yeah. comics and build and world building. So that's which, what it's all about. Which is my favorite um, era of comic books. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've been out for a long time for a lot of reasons. We discussed a little bit off air why, but yeah, no, that's I like that whole '90s, just larger than life superhero. And and I do have to ask, mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel slighted by it, but I feel like there's uh, Blue Beetle with what he's become. It. I know you did Sire before Blue Beetle. Yeah, I know. What he's doing. I don't know if someone might have read and might have gotten a little idea, not trying to stir the pot. So hang in. Here's the funny thing. No one, (laughs) I'm like, I feel like I'm one of the most unluckiest creators in this one sense. I'm a very lucky man and I have no, um, so when I say I'm unlucky, I I, I say it tongue in cheek, but shortly thereafter, Blue Beetle came out. Shortly thereafter, Captain Marvel's costume got redone. So it looked almost identical to what I had come up with. Uh, and Quasar's costume, I think they they yeah. kind of merged that. It's so similar. Was, it's it, but it, but again, it came out like a year later, and I'm like, yeah. oh man, well that kind of stinks. Um, I created a book called The Undone about someone who can rewind time, and then Amazon makes a show called The Undone, an, am- an animated show called The Undone. I actually got phone calls from people. They're like, congratulations, you did it. And I'm like, no, it's oh, not mine. Wow. And, and I don't want, I don't feel like I'm not going to fight it because it's it was different enough. It just yeah, you know. And then in Loki. Um, I did a book uh, with Talon Caldwell and Tony Moy and Darren Sanchez for Zenoscope called The Mainstream, <clears throat> and that was in 2018. And it is all about uh, an interdimensional police force policing alternate realities. And so Tal and I have been texting yeah. back while we're watching. We're like, kind of feels like, <laughs> and we would call the people variants. Like that's what that's what they wow. were. And and I don't think again, did anyone pick up our book at a con and say? I want to do this for Marvel. Probably but not. Prove it, it you know. <laughs> no, I mean, look, people come up with similar ideas all yeah. the time. Uh, they just got to make it, you know. They just got it to market, but you know, mass market before we did. We yeah. got it to comic book before then, but you know. So it is what it is. So huge appreciation for what you do. I love what you're doing. Um, Absolutely. So let, let's actually hit on your seven and a half million projects that you sent me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, how you are like a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest. I don't do. Do you sleep? <laughs> and I got two kids. I got two kids too, man. That's <laughs> that's even. And they're they're young, man. They're they're tough. Um, no, you know what it is. I, I um, a I've always been driven, and I've always been very passionate. Um, I'm passionate about helping other people be passionate as well, too. That's something mm-hmm. that that's I, I actually I've love. I love being a motivational guy. Like I really do. I I, I think because. I equate it to like the pot smokers in college, right? The pot smokers always want you to try the weed, right? <laughs> they always want you to. They're always like, come on, just feel what I'm feeling. And I was, I was never a weed guy. Um, you said we, we, can, we can get into drugs right you now. Can, so if it's you okay. want to, go ahead. Um, I was never, it's I was more of an, I, I'm, in, but it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a drinking, I'm a drinker, not a smoker. Um, but I had a good, I, one of my best friends was always a big smoker and he was always just like, he's like, oh, you, you gotta just, you gotta just do it because it's like, look, and he, and, and he genuinely wanted other people to feel the way he felt. And that's the way I feel when it comes to, um, you know, being motivated, living your, your dream, living your passion, you know, all that stuff. So I, I've just always been internally passionate and, um, and I hope that it rubs off on people. I, one of the things I'm most proud of, and I do not take credit for this in any way, shape or form, but I helped him on his journey was um, a company called Big Dog Inc. I don't know if you guys know Big I've Dog heard of Inc. Them. Yes, I've heard of yeah, them. Legend of Oz and uh, Critter and and all this stuff. Well, he was a fan of the Sire back in '07. I met him at Wizard World Los Angeles, and he asked me, uh, you know, where did you? Yeah, he, he actually he, he had like a laundry list of questions. How did you get in Diamond? You know, how did you do this? How did you do that? Um, and the funny part about it is, I had actually failed miserably at getting into Diamond the first time around, right out of college. So. Sire was actually the cro- was a book called Crossfire. I wrote and I drew everything, uh, much like I'm trying to do right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it just wasn't good enough. Like it literally just wasn't good enough. Diamond just you know sent back a rejection letter. Art's not good enough. That's it. Mm. You know it was it was as simple. So it's, it's a list of a checklist of things and and here's the reason. And so I told him I was like, you need to get a good cover artist. Um, the interior art is important, but you know if you can get a good cover artist, that's that's what got Sire over the top. I became friends with talent Caldwell. Um, yeah. when I worked back at, I worked at wizard magazine way back in the day. So oh, I, I made wow. a lot of good connections. Yeah. I'll go into all that. You know, we, I literally, I could, I could tell you some good stories from wizard. You're, wizard like, was a, you're like an indie Kevin Smith. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, man. It was they, they, one time they, they made this intern cry. It was, it was funny. Um, 
<laughs> kind of deserved and that, that, and that, a, that intern's name was Mike Dolce. No, 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 no. I was cool, man. I was I was always on the outside. That was I, I didn't get too caught up in everything. But um, no, this one intern was uh, was like the son of some big corporate executive guy who knew Garib Sheamus, and so that's how he kind of like got the internship. But he mm-hmm. always he always seemed he was he was very like like he felt like he was above being an intern. Um, so he was always at odds with the editorial staff and, uh, because he, he just had an attitude about him and he, and he, like a holier than thou attitude and, and, uh, Wizard World Chicago was, was, was weird for me. I was like, eh. it was, it was, it was great. It was great to go. Um, and it was a great time, but, uh, at knuckles at the bar, I, I don't know if you guys, uh, you know, I don't know the span of time in which case you guys were, um, fans of comic cons in general. Um, and, and I'm kind of dating myself here in terms of, you know, how old I am. But it's OK. I'm a lot older. I, I, I don't think you are, actually. That's the thing. I don't really think. I don't, <laughs> I don't I, I, know. Most oh. people are very, very <laughs> shocked, though. But so Wizard World Chicago uh, was one of the best Comic-Con. was probably the best Comic-Con you could go to uh, because everything was kind of confined to the Rosemont Convention Center. And Knuckles was the bar that was like, that's where everybody went. And you could literally just go there and hang out and have beers with Jim Lee and Jimmy Palmiotti and Joe Casada and you know and that's back when they were doing like Ash you know and so it wasn't oh, wow. even you know yeah. this is going back to like 2000 so you know it was amazing like it was amazing just to you know just to be in a room full of you know all your heroes and um and this is before people understood to go to the bar to meet with all the creators and that's where they hang out and and even you know some of the celebrities would be there and um you know so anyway there you know, quite a detour from your original question, but um, you know, I I, I told Tom Hutchinson, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I told him, you know, I was like, here's me, here's a checklist of everything you should do, and he took my checklist, um, added it to his own checklist, and he launched Big Dog Inc. He launched a bigger company than I ever did, and 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 I'm so like I'm so like proud of that. But again, that's just again going back to the original original question, which was, you know, how do I or how am I doing all this? It's just, I'm just very driven and very passionate and I love rubbing off on people. Um, you know, that, that same kind of thing. So that's, that's the how, um, uh, the, what I'm doing. Um, it's, it's actually pretty exciting. Um, I'm finally to a point right now where, uh, I'm, I'm with a, a new publisher. Uh, mm-hmm. it's called rogue matter and, um, you can go to roguematter.com, Check it out. Um, I'm and actually, your, your podcast is on that one as well. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, and, and the podcast is ironically that, so they, so how we got involved with rogue matter to begin with was through the podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. I ran a podcast called secrets of the sire, um, did that for four years. I actually did a nice job of building up, uh, that show. And it was kind of right before I I started launched in at the beginning of 2016. So podcasts were not what podcasts are right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, they they were there and, and it was pretty evident, but I actually, I actually started it as a radio show, um, and not as a, um, podcast it, it we would just take the recording and then then put it up as a podcast right but it wasn't a big yeah. deal um and they got to know us through that um and so they they bought the podcast um i I'd, I'd done it for 4 years uh we built up a big following on facebook we had like you know 10,000 you know followers and i was getting i was getting really good interviews but i was flying to conventions and you know i knew um just through being in the business i knew different pr guys and 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 a lot of different pr people so i was able to interview like Chris Cornell before he passed away and Billy Corgan. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, I mean, like I've got, I got a hero's list of music icons that I was able to interview through, uh, through like a freelance job that I had. And I had all this audio from that. And so we would, we would just run it on the podcast. And, um, but then I would, I would then keep, you know, it'd keep building. Right. So, you know, then once you have a couple of celebrities, then you can show that to other PR people and they're like, oh, okay, we'll put your, you know, we'll put our celebrity on. So I get like Kevin Bacon or, or I'd flow, I'd fly over to like Wizard World Chicago and um, I got like Lou Ferrigno and Kevin Sorbo and, um, you know, Thomas Ian Nicholas and, yeah. you know, all these, all these great guests. And so Rogue Matter was like, yeah, we want, we want, we want a podcast network. So they acquired us, uh, brought us over, um, you know, put us on the salad and put us, you know, actually paying us to do it. And, in the process of doing that, I'm like, oh, yeah, and by the way, I do all this other stuff, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. Sire like Studios. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> um, he's like, we need to talk. So, um, so yeah, so I've been, I've been involved with them now for, uh, that's what I signed it last March. So about a year and a half now, uh, we're about to do, we're about to, uh, go public in the sense of, um, w- behind the scenes, 
Um, it's it's been actually fantastic. I'm working with uh, Renee Geerlings, who is the former editor in chief of Top Cow. Oh, so wow. she's the managing editor there, um, which has been phenomenal. Um, they acquired the Undone, which I talked about the Undone, mm-hmm. uh, about a guy who can uh, rewind time whenever he wants to. He goes to the stock market to try to cash in, and uh, finds that those stock markets run by an Illuminati of people just like him. Um, and so they <laughs> bought it. that. I, I can check this out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I'll send. You, I'll send you some PDFs, man. No, no question about it. I appreciate it. Um, so we kickstarted the first two issues. Uh, we renamed it the Time Trader, mm-hmm. um, and kickstarted the first two issues as a as a combined Kickstarter because I had already done one issue of Undone, um, but then we got it all recolored and and kind of like tweaked a couple things, added a couple pages to it, um, and and that'll be the first thing that comes out uh, through Rogue Matter, which is great. Um, the one thing he wanted to, he's like, yeah, he wanted to buy was the sire. And I'm like, nah, that's my, that's my baby. That's not going anywhere. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, and, and so we kickstarted volume three in January and, and the goal now for that book uh, is, is a, to do it the way I always intended to do it, which is me doing everything, um, which at the time didn't make sense. And I'm glad, I'm glad I got talked in. I, I got some sense talked into me 20 years yeah. ago uh, to help get that off the ground um, but at this point, through Kickstarter, especially, and and twenty years later, I feel like my artwork's good enough now that that it's you know it's passable. So I, you know I have a I have a good like inner radar for that kind of thing. And um, so we kickstarted that book, Volume Three, in January, and so uh, now I just have to finish it. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, and then uh, I'm also right now I'm, I'm uh, a, an associate producer on a uh, an indie film. It's up on Seed and Spark right now. Uh, it's that's called Hit or Miss. That, yeah. So you can go to hitormissfilm.com. Um, and creatively, I'm not really that involved in it, but from a, um, uh, from a higher level standpoint, uh, just working with Renee, Renee's one of the actresses there and she's like, I would love if you got involved in this project. And, um, and so Is she, she brought the me in talking in that promo. What's that? She yeah. She's yeah. In the promo? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's one, she's, she's one of the ones that sits at the bar. So she's, gotcha. um, so funny story too. She's married to Tyler Maine, who's the wrestler, the former wrestler oh, who played yeah. Sabretooth, who played yes. Sabretooth in yeah. X-Men. Yep. Um, and he was just in uh, Jupiter's Legacy. Rest in peace, Jupiter's Legacy. Um, <laughs> what happened? He was the best part of Jupiter's <laughs> Legacy, ironically enough. Uh, they met at Wizard World Chicago. Uh, you know, that's that's like how oh, wow. that's Nerd how cool. love comes true. Yeah, yeah. It was it was <laughs> like it's 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 amazing. Like I actually knew. Um, I I was probably I definitely was in the room when they met. There's no question because they met at like an after party at Wizard World Chicago. Yeah. So I was definitely there. I remember meeting her there. I remember he was. Uh, my my podcast co-host was security for him, even though he doesn't need security. He's like seven feet tall. But um, and, and so yeah, it's just it's 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 cool. It's it's been a it's been a wild, uh, wild ride. Yeah, definitely a wild ride with all this. So let let me ask you this. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a topic that comes up on on iHeartGeek quite a bit. Uh, the difference between millennials and Gen X. Now you have your art, your your work in general is very very Gen X. Sure. It seems like the way yep. you the way you um, go person to person is very Gen X, but your marketing is very millennial. Um, is that is is that something you're like purposely doing? Is that something you even notice you're doing? But it's very you have two very different styles of um, just marketing and being in business. I mean, I I appreciate the Gen X stuff a lot. Yeah, but, you know the Kickstarter, all that. How you're how you're going on that is really millennial and it's kind of amazing how you're doing so, it. So Kickstarter is funny, right? Because when it first got introduced, I, um, I remember, do you know Pat Shand? Uh, have you heard of him before? He did a lot of stuff at Zenoscope. Um, he's got his own company now called the Space Between Entertainment. I, I know uh, the name you that, should yes. check him out. He's awesome. He's, and he's a, he's a great dude uh, in general. Um, and he basically, he turned me on to Kickstarter back in like 2013. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to, ask my friends for money like my friends and family for money like that just, like, just feels weird I remember uh, those days yes well, th- yeah and, and that's what it felt like right it felt like mm-hmm. that's kind of strange like why would i i don't know why would i do that it doesn't that doesn't really jive with what you know I, i'm like look could i fund my book yeah i just if i fund it i know it's not like i know it's not going to make back that money so it was always uh, but i didn't grasp what it was and then pat kind of led me to, you know, down the path of no, 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 no. Think of it as a pre-order system. Think of it as another distribution system because that's the other thing too. Right. Is there are so many creators now that go to Kickstarter, but there are so many fans. There's twice as many fans. There are people just going to Kickstarter just to find new stuff. 
oh, yeah. out of the box stuff. You know, Indiegogo, same thing. They're mm-hmm. they're going there, um, you know, just to find something new and different, uh, and to be a part of everything. And uh, it's really just a question of understanding the the audience out there. I've always been into marketing without. Um, consciously being into marketing. Yeah. I, I wasn't sitting there being like, I can't wait to be a marketer. And I was like, no, I, I want to be able to market my stuff. So I was like, I'm, I would do like letters pages in the back of my own little comics, you know, like I was always, there was always that like, okay, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, but there was always that like grasp of like, I was talking to an audience Yeah, and, 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 you know, again, I think the audience back when I was in high school or sixth grade was literally my two best friends and that was it. And so, but I would treat it as if I was talking to like a million people. Uh, so there's always that that eye to that, and it's just understanding that uh, you're right. Um, I am so I am Gen X. I'm like barely Gen X, but I, I make the cut uh, of Gen X. So I'm I'm quasi on the middle anyway uh, in terms of just growing up, you know, uh, around millennials because we were pretty much yeah. It, it was almost like being like on the state border line, right? I'm like I'm a November birthday, and and I was like I'm November '79. I'm like literally almost the very you know, out the door Gen X and the very next year is technically millennial. There's actually that bridge, that bridge year of 79 through 86 where they like um, to claim Gen X. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it's weird. Well, it, but you know what? It, it, it's funny because it really, I notice a difference. Like I just notice a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Work ethics are a little different. I'm not going to say better or worse, but I'm going to say different. We'll say different. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll I'll say that. better it, it, because in a lot of ways, right. Um, Millennials think like Scrooge McDuck, right? Work smarter, not harder. And and in in some ways, you know, the hard work teaches you the lessons um, that make you smarter. So it goes it goes both ways, right? That goes mm-hmm. it goes to the point where yeah. you sit there and say, I I wish, you know, I could work smarter. And sometimes I do. I wish. I mean, I always feel like I'm five years behind where I should be because I just wasn't. I didn't have the grasp of knowledge that I have now. So. Um, so no, it's 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 about understanding your audience. Today's you know millennials, especially Gen Zs, they're socially conscious. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the notion that the person who's doing the work is more important than the work. I, I was always a believer that the work is really what stands above everything else. Um, but they don't. That, that doesn't seem to be it. It's it's about supporting someone and helping someone. You know, so it's just a different side of the same coin. Yeah, and and right. you know it, it. You can have your personal preference, but at the end of the day, if they want to be a part of it, then great. You know, if whatever, whatever gets the work out there in general, I think uh, is the biggest thing. And that comes that really comes through in some of the philosophies I've heard you talk about. Um, you know, you have that that give 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 ask kind of philosophy and everything. Mm-hmm. I've I've heard you mention on uh, other you know shows and everything. Yeah, and that that really shows that the work comes before the person doing the work and yeah definitely something i can respect there thank you no i appreciate it yeah give 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 ask model is um so i mean again believe it or not um one of the things that changed my life which is a really strange it was it's like i said it's been a very strange journey to get to this point where i'm at right now where i'm i'm really uh, i feel like i'm firing on all cylinders finally which is which is great um is uh i had done some work for image comics many years ago Mm -hmm. um did a book called descendant uh with a good friend of mine marcus perry uh we launched at the time as the most i'd ever sold i think we sold like five thousand copies the first issue and i was like all right great i'm one of those oh awesome (laughs) i'm glad thank god (laughs) um and solid story uh we were gonna do more uh but then you know behind the scenes our editor got fired jim valentino cut back on everything he was doing um towards the end of when the the heyday yeah, 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 and um, and so all of a sudden it was like I was I didn't have a publisher anymore, and um, you know, and then I mean I was back to square one, and and the thought of actually self publishing again was it almost felt like it it felt like five steps back, um, because self publishing, you know, back in twenty ten isn't what self publishing is now. Uh, no. I mean the outlet the amount of outlets you have now. You know, self-publishing back then was like, wow, I'm going to really, I'm going to work my tail off. I guess it's still the same. I'm going to work my tail off and not make any money, um, meaning I can't leave my job, meaning I can't, you know, do this full time, which was always the frustrating cycle of everything. Um, But that's when I took this networking course of all things. I, 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 I left the, I do web design Mm -hmm. and, um, and I left the company I was working for. I started my own business. Um, I took this course on how to market yourself Um, and, and that's where they were talking about the give, the give model. And, and it's, and it's a real, 
it's a real model, um, but it's but it works because it is genuine. Um, as yeah, long as you're genuinely, right. you know, trying to help people. And and I remember si- sitting in the class though, um, and I had a friend of mine, I became friends with one of the guys there, and, and um, he knew I was going to start a radio show. And he said, I said to the to the to the person who was teaching the course, I said, "This is all well and good. Like, I think you're teaching me some really valuable things about networking and 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 how to do it strategically and how to, um, you know, how to how to help people. In in which case, that's going to help accelerate them wanting to work with me." I said, "This is all great. I could sell websites all day long with this with this concept. So like, how does this work for me getting in back into comics?" And uh, my friend next to me is like. He's like, you do your radio show and you invite all the people you want to work with on your show and you give them a platform and you give them time to speak and you give them promotion um, and then you will build up that trust. And and I mean, within the first, you know, two months of doing the radio show, I had um, Ralph uh, from Zenoscope, who I had done some work for back in 08, back, you know, on the show, got to talking to him. I was like, oh, I'll see you out in San Diego. He's like, oh, where are you going to San Diego? I was like, well, I'm still writing. He's like, oh, well, we need writers. Do you want to write for this? Do you want to do this? And it was like, you know, it worked. It was, and it was, but it was a genuine, like, you know, go out there, give, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and be genuine with it and you'll get stuff back. So that's what, right that's on. kind of what happened. That's awesome. Now, something we hit a little bit before we went on, is, yeah. you know, that why I think the indie comics is the future of comics and Marvel and DC aren't for the reason. And what you hit on this, I, the only reason I bring it up is because yeah, you yeah. said that. I'll about, talk about that. I love talking about that stuff too. With so the, um fact that it's the you have to give to the character not the creator these all these creators come on with these with like captain america or superman and they want to change it in their image yeah and no it's the writer that has to be under the image of that of that character the character is way more important than the creator well don't forget though too i mean you have an entire uh, i mean it's not just the writer coming on and doing whatever the heck he or she wants yeah no, no, I'm just saying, yeah. like that has to be also approved by editorial. I mean, there are departments. I mean, I have a lot of friends who work at Marvel, and it's it's not it's not as if you could just sit there and say, "I'm I'm I'm he or she, you know, big time writer. I'm going to do this with the character," uh, because in a lot of ways, they could they could request to do stuff, and yeah, doesn't mean editorial is going to say yes, you can. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that quality control is going to look over that and say. Yes, you can. I mean, what was the, what was the recent thing on uh, Twitter that was kind of funny that everyone kind of joked at, you know, when uh, Catwoman and uh, Batman, right? Oh, and and they're like, oh, oh we yeah. want yeah. we want Batman <laughs> to go down on Catwoman, and <laughs> well, heroes don't do that. That's there are there are people in place there. So, um, there there's in right now there is a direction that Marvel as a whole seems to want to go with the characters and are comfortable with going with the characters. Yeah. Um, what I will say is Hickman's X Men. Um, has been excellent. And I'm not a huge Hickman guy. Um, I, I never really got into his stuff as much, but his... I was um, in the late 90s, but I haven't been a long time. What's that? I have, was in the late 90s, but I haven't been for a very long time. <laughs> pick up the House of House of X and uh, Powers of Ten. Okay. Um, pick up... The, it, it actually respects the continuity that came before. Um, yeah. and, and to your point, I think that's the one thing that, you know, I think is an interesting you know, divergence, let's say, uh, from some of the stuff that comes out now. It, 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 you know, a lot of stuff doesn't respect stuff that came before or just doesn't include it. And you, and you, you know, like I'm reading, I was showing you, you know, before we came on, you know, uh, what am I reading right now? I'm rereading uh, 90s Spider-Man right now. I'm rereading yeah. McFarlane and, and Larson's run on, on Spider-Man. And I picked up Larson's Spider-Man and I, you know, it's referencing things that came before and, you know, he turned Sandman to glass. Well, that was done in Amazing Spider-Man number 36. And I'm like, little editor's note. It's like, okay, this feels like I'm I'm reading one yeah. timeline and one storyline. Whereas I think the issue I have with Marvel right now is they reboot everything constantly. So does DC. It's terrible. And it, Yeah. And, and, and DC, DC I, I'm, not, I'm more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy, DC guy. I always felt like at least with Dan DiDio, he was trying to reboot it not to start over, but because he understood that after a while of – you know, eight, 10 years, you know, 15 years, the characters sort of have to age or they have to kind yeah. of get rebooted in a way. I feel like Marvel is just like, nah, let's just reboot it because number one sell. And, um, you know, yeah. I, I, they're probably not wrong, but, you know, so it doesn't work for for guys like us that read comics 
you know, yeah. differently. It's not that I don't want these characters to change, but I think you need to love the character before you can ever change the character. Yeah. And if there's the, the drastic changes of some of these characters make it so it's not that character anymore. Right. So that's why I do have more. I will, I will listen to a social commentary more from an indie artist, from a new character. Sure. Because you know what, this is, you're not, I'm not bogged down by what I think it should be and what it has been. So yeah. make your own character, do your, do the indie work leave those characters alone. And I will, I will take a message a lot more from a new character than from a character that's. There's, there's two different, there's two different sides to this, right? There's the one angle of comics have always had messages and they have, I was rereading an X factor comic, um, Peter David's, you know, X factor. And he has this whole sequence where Quicksilver is having a conversation about mutants with somebody and, and it's and it is it's essentially a race conversation yeah. that they're having right or or yeah. a discrimination Which Stan Lee was fantastic yet too yeah and and but it would what it would do is it would literally it would raise questions the other and the characters would talk back to each other and they would raise a, a question it would make you think and go hmm you know i never saw something from that perspective yeah. who's right you know you'd walk away no one's right or wrong it's just that's what it is yeah. right and i think the complaint that i hear is that it's not it's not Posing questions and having discussions, it's telling you what what you should be or should not be. And yeah. that's a reflection right. of us as a society, larger society yeah. right now. You just have a lot of experts telling people what they're supposed to do. And, you know, and 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 you're the worst human being on the planet if you don't follow it. Ironically, both sides do that. Uh, both sides are yeah. very hypocritical. Both sides are, are are guilty of this, but they won't, they swear they're not. They, you no, know, they're, yeah. oh, no, I will. No matter how bad this guy is, I'm it's not as bad as that guy. Oh, this this is a huge topic we could have off air. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, no. Me, me and Tyler have had this discussion quite a bit. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I totally get that. But this is my question, though, too, for you guys. We didn't have social media in the '90s, so you didn't have Peter David going on Twitter, extolling yeah. the virtues of one political party or another. And I just think we have ruined all this stuff. So when you sit there and say, I'd rather do it from an indie guy, because probably that indie guy's not on Twitter talking about like, yeah. you know, or girl, they're not talking about what their political, maybe they are, you know, cause that's also, you know, that's a selling point too. Everything's a selling point. Yeah. If, you, if you really get down to it and it's just what you're comfortable with selling behind. Some people sell literally by the fact that they are social justice warriors or they're comics gay people or they're, yeah. you know, they're like, oh, we don't talk politics. I mean, that's, I don't, I mean, I don't do it on social media. I won't do it on social media because. Good idea. You keep friends that way. <laughs> well, you keep friends. <laughs> and you piss off half your audience. <laughs> think about it too, though, right? Like, I'm, I'm a Michael Jordan guy, right? Michael Jordan. Well, I actually hate Michael Jordan because I'm a Nick fan, but, um, but uh, he always, he always said like. Okay. This interview's over. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, he always used to say he's like Democrats and Republicans both buy sneakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would never give his political opinions on anything. Right. And, and. That wouldn't fly today, uh, I think, because, again, you talk about the millennial marketing, and it's it's not even really millennial marketing. It's Gen Z marketing. Gen Z yeah. marketing, they need yeah. to know everything about you before they're going to they're gonna actually, you know, press, you know, add to cart, you know? And, and um, you know, I think, I think the less ammunition you can give them, the better. And, and yeah. you know, social media, it doesn't mean you can't have opinions. Uh, it just means social media is not the place for them. They really aren't. Like we, I, we, we kind of figured it out, right? Like yeah. uh, at this point, it's media. It's media. You're. It's. A, it's a PR agency. Everything you put. Uh, anything you put on social media is the equivalent of being a marketing PR person, releasing a press release to all the major news companies out there, right? Yeah. And you could be a nobody for now, but if you are a somebody, remember everything you post at some point. You know, if you become a somebody, someone's going to read and go, "Hey, in 2017, you said yep. this." about this group and well why did you post it on there uh, i don't know so uh, we, we try to live by the yeah. method don't the, the 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 message don't press send just don't yeah. just don't press send there don't press go. submit yeah, we, Keep it. we have a lot of uh, magicians that have been on the show mm-hmm. and they've all said the same thing the social media is basically the same as telling everybody what your trick is like cool people want to know how it works yeah but they're going to keep coming back if they don't know how it works if they when they do know how it works they're not going to come back anymore i agree that, that's why when we write to um, write comic books to a particular um, group or whatever. That's great. They're appeased, and now they're not coming back to buy anymore because they saw. Okay, well, that's, that's yeah. Like, that's I, how the sausage is made. It's <laughs> interesting too because the comic book, like, who's buying comics today? That's a good question, right? Um, I'm I'm a big sports Four guy, so nerds, always, you know. 
<laughs> I don't know. I think so. And I think that's what makes it interesting, right? Because yeah. I, I'm, I'm again, I'm a big sports guy, so I'll use the baseball analogy. Baseball, people question baseball because it doesn't appeal to a younger generation. And they sit there and say, like the median age that people who watch baseball is like 55. Um, and, and I would sit there and say the characters have never been more popular in comics. Indie comics have never been more popular. But I, I can't name how I, – I, I've talked to so many retailers who are like, yeah, Black Panther was great. No one buys the book, though. No one comes in and actually buys the book. That's why it's been canceled. I'm not just singling yeah. it out. I, mean, I literally – you know, or Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. They've canceled that book three times because no one's actually going into stores and – and buying it now, it could be that they're that they're buying it at Barnes and Noble. It could be that they're buying it online. Uh, it could be that they're do, doing digital sales on it. However, the book keeps getting canceled. So the question is, and not not in the cancel culture kind of way, but just yeah. literally, not <laughs> enough people are buying it to make you know to continue making. They have to reboot it constantly. Um, so I just don't. I don't know. I don't know who's buying the actual comics anymore. And maybe it is the baseball audience. Maybe it is the guys. You know, our generation, forty to sixty year olds who are still going to comic book stores and buying it. So, yeah. it's a it's it's an interesting question about audience. But they, I mean, they have to feel like I said, going back to like Marvel, DC's a whole that's a train wreck right there because they got sold. Um, so I don't know who's in charge anymore. I know Jim Lee's still there, but I mean, I don't think anybody of, knows who's in charge anymore. No, I, and that's it's like the last so, days of WCW all over again. You know? That's a scary. That DC's a scary proposition. You know, they're talking about it one day. You know, one day, lice just DC and Marvel might just license out their characters to other publishers to do comics because it's, you know, it's it's happened before. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what's going to happen with the industry. Um, and, but again, I go back, I go back to the question. I don't know who's actually buying comics anymore in in the traditional sense. I think there's two people or two groups of people. There's the, the diehards that will buy their comic no matter what, because they think it's going to be worth a million dollars. And sooner or later they wake up, well, this comic is not going to be worth, this is not going to send my kid to college. I I could have saved all this money. But I think a lot of it is the comicsology readers because it's so freaking convenient. Yeah. But I've discovered so many new books because of it. I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I think the other big one is because, you know, I think we are on the golden age, honestly, of the indie comic Mm -hmm. because you guys, indie writers have made themselves available as Mm -hmm. you're part of my community, you know? Yeah. You know, you'll talk to me maybe because maybe, you can talk to me dead on and maybe one of your ideas will come through my book, you mm-hmm. know, and that is I think that's what's going to drive the sales more than DC or Marvel. The sure. movies, the movies aren't selling any comic books. No, they I never they the, never have. It's it's the most community it's, it's such a is. funny thing. Community does. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Tyler, did you have something? I know you had a couple things you wanted to ask before we. Uh, no, you actually you stole a couple of them. Thanks. I'm a jerk. I know. Um, <laughs> no, and I, well, and I, did. I, I will I not answer anything that. you tell. I'm a terrible guest. I do not. I do not. I will not talk or I say see. anything. So no, no. I just you know I I wanted to show you know appreciation for that philosophy you go by and stuff and you know I, I see the DIY yeah um, philosophy that you're using there or that you used you know in the past and I really. You know, I really think more people should take that route instead of, uh, you know, eating rejection for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, just, well, here's here's we, my portfolio. Yes, no, no, okay. You know, and, we've done. I've done it. I've done both. I got to be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, but and, it seems it, like you put a lot of lot of boot work into it too. Yeah, it's tough. Getting rejection letters are tough, man. Or getting rejection, or just not hearing back. It's the worst. That's the worst That's thing. Worse, you know. So. That's the I'd worst feeling. At least when you get something back, you're like, man, it sucks. And you, and, 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 you know, you grit your teeth for a day, but you, but then the next day you kind of get sitting there and go, okay, well, how do I, how do I do this now? Uh, when you don't hear back, you're just waiting. It's the, it's the worst feeling. Right. Well, I like what, um, you Ghosting. Said, uh, who, uh, <laughs> Zenscope, I think you said that yeah. sent you a rejection letter of this is why. Oh, diamond. Least, yeah. Diamond, diamond. diamond. At least they gave you that. Yes. Yeah. I think that that's actually, I think, the kindest thing I've ever heard of the rejection letter. Yeah. Okay, you're not right for us. This is why. Go work on it. Come back. Right. And I did. I, Five I years have later. So much respect for that. And we were in. So, yeah. And you also have this Roman's Rise. Yeah. So, out. Rogue Matter is um, the whole philosophy of Rogue Matter is great. And that's something that um, uh, Roger Minchef is the, uh, is the president. Uh, funny story about him. He was actually so he he comes from Fox Studios. Uh, he's produced the movie The Covenant uh, that was like in the in the two thousands. Yeah, um, and he ran a company called Space Dog through through uh, Image Comics I know uh, in the early two thousands. Um, but he was um, he was a uh, 
he he was like the digital agency. Uh, he was he ran Fox's digital marketing, Fox Studios for a while. Okay. So he actually brokered the deal that sold MySpace to Justin Timberlake, and he became president of MySpace for like five months. Like you can actually see it on his like on his LinkedIn profile, and it's like Roger Minchev, MySpace president. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. Um, but his whole thing with Rogue Matter is uh, he he said this to me. He's like. He's like, you're the definition of a rogue. You're you're not asking for permission. You're just doing stuff. Like you built up a podcast that has, you know, I was getting, you know, five, 10, 15,000 video views a week. And and it's like you're doing it without any major help. You're just doing it. And um, and 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 that's I'm just an impatient guy, to be honest with you. I was like, I, oh, I want to do this. Let's do this. I, you know, I don't want to wait around. I don't want to, you know, and and as we've discussed age, I'm in my 40s now. It's like, well, if it ain't gonna happen. It's got to happen now at this point, right? There's no, there's no, there's no holding back at this point. Yeah. So let me, I have three questions left for you. Sure. And this one, I should have done more, more homework because I could have probably answered this one myself. Merchandise. Do you have any, and is there going to be any? And I mean, I would love to get like oh, a yeah. Sire t-shirt. And So where, where can you find that kind of stuff? You know, the Sire t-shirt thing has to go up. Um, <laughs> this is a, this is a laundry list. I actually, um, literally today, um, uh, um, a guy I used to work with was reaching out to me, see if he, yeah, if 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 I could, if there was any work. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna hire you to do all this stuff on my website because I just I just never get it up there. So yes, there is merchandise coming. You can go to sirestudiosinc.com. Um, all the comics are up there. Uh, there's there's digital PDF versions of the comics as well too. You can download. Um, we're on Comicsology. We're on Amazon. Uh, but I, but I want to cover the gamut. And so yeah. uh, yes, there will be there will be t-shirts. There will be. Um, mugs and 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 things like that. So I definitely I, I got to get more stuff up there. Yeah. Merchandise is 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 on that list. But I actually have help now to do that. Nice. Right on. Well, yeah, you can see in, in the background. I am really into awesome. No, that's great stuff. though. Stuff, mm-hmm. and I will be first in line when there's, especially if there's a toy. Huh. I'm, I'm Which one? For, especially if there's a toy, I'm buying it first. <laughs> you know, I got that, approached to do one. a toy. Oh. But but it was like one of those shady, like yeah, we're making toys for all the indie characters, you know. And I would and ah. and. The cool thing about doing uh, the indie route or just being in comics in general, you mentioned the community, right? Um, there's a community of creators too. I mean, we've all been just doing this for so long. We've all be, kind of become friends and um, acquaintances and whatnot. And so you, you do have a good network to reach out to. So if someone comes up and is like, I want to make a toy of your character, you can kind of be like, hey, you know, Dave Ryan, who's this guy? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't really go with that. Really, nothing ever happens. They just sign it and then, and then you know, they own the rights to your toy for two years and then they don't make it and it's basically you can't do anything with it. So... Um, gotcha. So, but no, I would love to do a toy. We'll see. I, why not? This, this is the universe kicking right. me in the butt on that one. How's that? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> okay. My my next question is: What work that you've done? You have you have a huge laundry list, and I'm gonna guess it's probably the cyber. What is the one you're the most proud of? It's a good question. I would say the best. Um, I know I have single issues, single issues that I love. Sire number five, which was Sire Revelations number two is a is a comic i can read start to finish and find no errors um so that is that to me is is something i'm the most proud of mainstream number three is another one like that where i sit there and go yeah that's, I, like i nailed it everything is flowing it's good uh and uh and time trader number one i i i'm i'm really excited about that and that's again it's coming out through rogue matter you can actually preview the first 10 12 pages up on the site right now um one thing i didn't mention about rogue matter too and 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 it's it's a shameless plugging, but it's kind of cool. Um, their business model is they're literally putting everything up there for free, um, so you will be able to read off the website uh, everything that we do um, up to a certain point. So it, it it's taking that give model and 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 yeah. raising the stakes tremendously. Um, and then if you want to be part of, if you want printed versions, if you want bonus material, if you want to be part of the Rogue Matter community, you know that's where you can go to the Kickstarter and, and you can back the books and you can support the creators that way. Um, or, or again, at some point, you know, it's, it's, Hey, here's the first, you know, the first four issues of time trader. So if you want five, you know, five might, there might be a cost of entry for five, but you can get in, you can read a full story. And if you like it, you know, then maybe there's a cost of entry for, for going forward. But the, but the initial upfront is going to be all. And it just, works. You read it. it. It works. I say, that's how I got into the sire. The first time I read the first one, I'm like, I'm in. There you go. I didn't bought the rest. Okay. Final question. Sure. What are, what are we going to see in Sire 3 that you can tell us? 
Uh, we're going to see my artwork. That's the first thing we're going to see. Um, I, I've done some spot work in some of the previous issues. So in, in volume two, there's a couple pages I did here and there. Um, but it's been, a, it's been a challenge. I'm behind, first of all. I mean, I'm the first to admit it. But I'm, I'm always keeping my backers up to date on that. And, and it really, the first three months of doing it, I scrapped a lot of work because I just I wasn't happy with it. But I finally got into a rhythm. Um, I actually go straight to inks now because I was um, I would do these pencils, and it would, and they would be like, oh, the pencils are good, and then I try to ink on top of it, and it just and it would always like, I just it wasn't exciting, and it wasn't kind of popping for me, and yeah. and I, I felt like I was ruining a lot of pages, and uh, and I finally I kind of figured out I do these these layouts digitally now, and then I print them out, and in my lightbox I I I have them as my guide now, um, to where I can be kind of freer with my inks, and so. So now we'll now I'm actually you know I'm up to page twenty out of sixty, which is great. Uh, I've knocked out like ten pages in the last um, you know three four weeks and 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 rolling along. So w one of the other things too that I'm 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 you know kind of proud of uh, was the first volume. Um, the second volume to me it's it's not that it was not of good quality. It was so sporadic I, I really didn't i, I like sire was was something i kind of came back to when i had nowhere else to go in comics so mm -hmm. i talked about you know that gap uh in in between image comics and let's say the mainstream in 2018 where um i had kickstarted undone in between there <clears throat> but i hadn't done any published work i'd send some stuff out you know like i said rejection letters you know yeah. got those um you know pitched a bunch of things never got taken so there was a period where I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. I guess I'll just make an issue of the sire and I'll do it for near Comic Con, and that's when like you could do print runs that were very low. Yeah, uh, you know the single digital print runs, and um, and so volume two is very not cohesive because I wasn't cohesive. I didn't know what I was doing it for. I, I at that point I really didn't. I I thought after the first volume, even though there's so much more story to tell. Um, I had left it at a place that I was like, ah, oh, I'll leave it at a place here. Like, if you read this, you'll get a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, there's more stuff that can happen, but if you don't, you know, whatever. And and because then I started it over, you know, I, I re I didn't reboot it, but like I continued it. Um, you know, I look back at volume two and go, you know what? I could have done this so much better if I had just planned it. And so yeah. volume three, I mean, I'll show you guys. Ooh, look at I mean, this is this is like the notebook, and you can kind of see all the I mean, this is yeah. literally everything that's going to happen in the in, in the book, um, and it's detailed out, you know, word for word and and bubble for bubble, and and I'll I'll go in and and make different drawings and stuff like that, but um, but it's got a cohesive story, and that's why I wanted to do it as a volume three and not as individual issues either. I wanted to make sure that I knew where it was going. So volume three, uh, it's a new costume, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm retconning uh, the really? Captain Marvel. Um, right on. Uh, Red you know, blue. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm tweaking things. I'm tweaking things so it becomes more recognizable. Um, f on his own because I I I kept getting again. I'm like, oh, this looks like Captain Marvel's costume, or like his, you know, his his mask looked like like Nightwing's, and I'm like, yeah, it didn't look like Nightwing's when Nightwing was out at the time. <laughs> now it does. Now it does. <laughs> so I, I so I'm doing some tweaking with the costume, but it's actually driving the whole story in Volume Three to the point where he thinks he now, um has total mastery over the costume. Whereas the first two volumes, the costume has been kind of forcing him uh, to, to be in these situations that he, he doesn't want to be in. And now he feels at the beginning of volume three, that uh, thanks to the power uh, of the end of volume two, uh, his run in uh, when we did the war of the independence crossover um, and he meets phaser and phaser kind of sets something off where they, mm -hmm. they travel through time. And when he comes back from that, it kind of triggers something in his costume uh, to where now he will feel at the beginning that he has total control over it, but what he's actually done uh, is invite uh, an alien invasion that he has no idea is, is it's coming. So, uh, so, so volume three is going to be dealing with, you know, not just the, you know, the why of the costume um, for him personally, but the why for this whole world. Yeah. Uh, and and he's going to be kind of at the forefront. And and essentially by the end of volume three. It's gonna feed into the storyline that I wrote back in college, and 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 I know it's a good storyline because I have the little books and I yeah. read through. And go, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> so, so it's gonna so be. So much say you are gonna be leaving us on a cliffhanger at the end of this one. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because oh, I don't sure. want to kickstart it. I got volume four. Exactly. And I'll be you know? buying that one too. Yeah. <laughs> yep. that, that's how that works. There'll be a cliffhanger, but there, again, everything I do, I, I try to give you a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. So the beginning, middle, and end of what you're going to read in volume three will they'll reach a conclusion. But the results of what happens is going to be the cliffhanger that comes up next. That's outstanding. Oh man, wow. I can't wait to read this. Um, awesome. Yeah. Okay, so I gotta make it. <laughs> make it now. Why are you talking to us? Um, so real quick, you can just give us uh, your the opportunity so that we know everyone knows where to find you, so they can follow you on yeah. all your social medias and all that stuff, and then we'll get yeah. out of here. No, good. Yeah, at, at Sire Studios, S I R E Studios, um, on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm Sire underscore Studios uh, on Twitter because there's some guy who joined in 2009 who hasn't been on Twitter in 10 years who has at Sire Studios. I literally just tweeted him today. I'm not even joking. And it wasn't to be on this podcast, but a friend of mine was like, hey, why aren't you at Sire Studios? I'm like, I don't know, because this guy has it. And I'm like, ah, I tweeted at him. We'll see if he ever responds. But he's not on Twitter anymore. So yeah. how is he going to respond? Killing me. Sire underscore studios, um, Instagram, Sire studios, uh, go to roguematter.com to check out all the new stuff I got going on. Romans rise, just to answer your question, uh, is, is a new project that I can't say too much about, but it'll be the next thing I do at, at rogue matter. Um, we've got time trader number one and two, uh, getting out to backers. Uh, our colorist was in India, so we actually lost him. Not, not, not like he died, but he was out of commission because of COVID for, yeah. uh, um, you know, a few months. So we're we're getting all those um, comics fulfilled, and uh, we'll be doing we'll be uh, kickstarting issue three in August uh, through Rogue Matter, and then Roman's Rise will be coming probably in September. It's about a um, it's a podcaster uh, who has a half sister um, that he never knew about. Who I'm already is, sold. It's all good. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> who, yeah. Uh, and uh, she's a, she's a master of 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 mystical arts and and martial arts, and she goes missing, and he has to go out into this. Uh, in, it, he he, jo uh, was it uh, travels the world to find her, podcasting the whole journey as he goes. So it's it's kind of a cool. Um, it's just a fun book, and it's and it's going to be really it's going to be that really sounds cool. Sounds like a good time. That sounds yeah. really cool. I'm getting ideas off that, so I'll, I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much, Michael Dolce, for, for joining us today. We yeah. really appreciate you. Uh, we love your work. Uh, check out all the Sire stuff. It's it's amazing. And everything else yep. that he does. Uh, I'm Dub. I'm here with Tyler. And Michael, thank you for joining us. Keep on geeking on, guys. Thank you so much.